0: Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Devotion. Welcome as you gather in. Thank you for an interesting and somewhat difficult week of being together and encouraging one another. For this is the day the Lord has made. And we are living this day, the only day we're promised. Tomorrow, tomorrow is forever in God's world. Today is the day that we must rise and let our faith, let our faith go before us, let our faith fight for us, and let's be everything that we can be in this, in this unusual season in which we're living. So thank you, Mary and Eve and Kim and James and Nancy and Diana, thank you. Thank you for joining in, joining hearts, joining spiritual forces, locking arms, and just saying, we're going to see some good things happen, even in this day that we're living in. So I welcome each of you. Share this. Share this. Jennifer Everett, Alice, Ben, thank you. Share this with one another. And let's see some amazing things happen in this day. This is... Friday. Friday, November the 6th. I don't know, something like, uh, what is it, 48 days till Christmas. I, I'm ready for this year to be over. What about you? But on this Friday, it's a day to remember, a day to make history. This is a day to open up our hearts, a day to pray God's kingdom, power, and glory upon this world. How shall we go into this day? I say we have no path forward without an altar. Welcome to the only possible conclusion to a year of impossible situations. I know you're weary. I know you are. I know everything in you wants to simply rest and recuperate. You have that feeling of fatigue, I share it, that same gnawing sense of this is not how this year is going to end, is it? I I know how you're feeling, and yet, Yet, I I just believe God's got something. I remember the words of that old song we used to sing, um, Christ the Savior always hears and answers prayer. And it gives me many blessings every day. And you say, well, I don't know that song. You're about to. So when I have tried my best and I failed to pass the test, I just steal away somewhere and pray. As the psalmist said, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee, O God. No path forward without altars. Take a moment and share this final devotion of the week, and let's just loop people into this community of faith. Never has a day of trust been more needed than now. Can I get a witness to that? For there is a stirring in the heavenlies, a shifting in the spiritual atmosphere yes there is i'm praying god unfold his glory upon all of us but unfortunately there is also a shaking deep beneath the earth something old something wicked has emerged from the depths we're going to we're going to square off against it we're going to say no you will not have your way in this whole earth how do we square off against it how do we face it We are participants in a velvet revolution, and God has not left us without weaponry. It's our instinct to pray. It's our instinct to build altars and to call on the name of God. And it's happening all across our nation, Prayer. Prayer prayer is not the also-ran, the forgotten companion, the fifth wheel on the vehicle of Christianity. It's not the thing we do when we don't know what else to do. Prayer is that shield that arrests the darkness, lift up that shield. Prayer is that magnet that draws God's presence into the situation. If he is lifted up, he will draw. It's not just us today in the 21st century. Plutarch noticed something back in the first century. He said, if you survey the face of the globe, find all the tribes and nations, you'll find some without fortified cities. You'll find some without languages, letters, some without government. But you'll never find a civilization without altars and prayers because God puts something deep within us. The instinct to build altars and to cry out to him. It's in our heart. It's in our language. Even the simplest act of bidding someone farewell in this earth, we're actually praying. We say goodbye, which means God be with you. God go with you. Adieu to God. I commend you in French, Latin, Greek, Hebrew. It's always the same. These biddings of farewell become a prayer. In this common discourse with individuals, we pray. Scripture says that every knee shall bow. That is the instinct of prayer, the grace of God that has appeared to all men. All beings pray here below because whether we admit it or not, we've got a praying nature on the inside of us. God put that in us where we would know where to go we would know how to behave. We would know what to do next. We would have a fail safe of the soul, build an altar, and pray. I don't know about you, but I'm sensing futility in the midst of so many because they've not yet found the power of God in prayer. In this velvet revolution, we're going to use spiritual weaponry. We are going to pray. We pray because God hears us. He not only put it in us, he hears us. Psalm 102, he will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. You get desperate enough, he'll hear you pray. Isaiah 44, 24 shall come to pass before they call, I will answer. And while they're yet speaking, I will hear. I love that passage that God put the desire to pray within us, the desire to build an altar and to call out to him. And that same grace that was placed in our heart to prompt us to pray is is reflective of God's heart. It's found in a prayer answering God who says, before you even pray, I'm already at work. Oh, praise God. Ezekiel 36, God says, I will yet be inquired of the house of Israel to do it for them. God is waiting. He signals his willingness to hear a nation's prayers and to answer them. Oh, praise God. I love Zechariah 13. God says, I'm going to bring a third of them through the fire. I will refine them as silver. I will try them as gold. And on the other side of this refining, he says, then they shall call on my name and I will hear them. And I will say, it is my people. And they will say, Lord, you're my God. Oh, praise God. This is not confined to the Old Testament, this human pretence, propensity pray. It's, it's a divine tendency to answer prayer that is found, both of these, in the New Testament. Jesus said, pray for laborers. I will answer. If you agree touching any one thing, going to happen. It shall be done. Oh, praise God. Or what about when the disciples saw the fig tree dried up by the roots, and they remembered that Jesus had spoken to it the day before? yeah. Standing there looking at the fig tree withered away, Jesus said, hey, hey, church, and if you will ask, and if you will doubt not, and if you will believe, it will happen. If you go ahead and build that altar and cry out to me, there is a path forward. There is a path forward, and you will see this. You see this propensity to pray, it's in our nation, it's in our nature." And down through time, patriarchs and matriarchs of faith have called out. Abraham built altar after altar, and he cried out. And Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides, responded. What about when Abraham prayed for Sodom and the angel of the Lord showed up and a way of escape was made? I believe that God does miraculous things on the edge of devastation. Jacob built altars and God responded. And what about that time that Hezekiah prayed, King Hezekiah? Jerusalem was surrounded by the Syrian army. All human help was gone. Nothing but starvation or death remained for the people of faith and the people of God. And God sent Isaiah, that prophet, to the king with an answer saying, hey, Hezekiah, I've got to heard your prayer. What you asked for, it's heard. And that night, That very night, a miracle took place and the enemy was conquered. Oh, I want to just encourage somebody. Kimmy and Kirk and Yvette, Michelle, Debbie, I want to encourage you today. What the Holy Spirit is telling us, you can't face this day alone. It's not by might, not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. I, I, I'd like to promise you that the outward circumstances are going to quickly change for the better. I cannot. In fact, I'm forbidden to say that. I feel like Balaam of old, if I open my mouth to say that everything is looking good, God would redirect my speech. For outward circumstances are not going to change easy. They are under the power of the God of this world, and there is a war taking place right now. And to you and I, we must lift our voices first and foremost into that heavenly realm because I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you on this Friday, November the 6th of the year of 2020, only God, only God has the answer for the moment in which we live. This battle is intense and promised to get more intense. The enemy is fierce. He knows his time is short. The darkness is pervasive. The lies are many. The deceit is running up. The hatred has gone rampant. What will we do? We only have one path forward, folks, we build altars and we march into this world and we march into this day and into this spiritual darkness and we are going to see amazing things. My mind my mind earlier this morning just kept coming back to Esther. You remember that evil architect, Haman, the one who purposed to destroy the Jewish people. But God had already positioned the answer. Stop and think about that. Before God's people knew they were in trouble, before Vashti, Queen Vashti, could comprehend why her husband, the king, treated her so. Before Esther knew why she was chosen to be the king's wife. Before the problem appeared, the solution was already at work. This is how God answers us before we even call. God's got a solution in place. God, Esther came into the moment for such a time as this and When Haman's plot was revealed, what did she do? She prayed, she built an altar, she cried out to God, she and all the people of God, and God heard their prayer. This is what I feel. This is what I feel. I feel we are at the changing and clashing of kingdoms where the gates of hell have met the gates of heaven. What do you and I do at this juncture? How do we respond? Our only path forward. Is through the altars. We can't judge success or failure by the events of 24 hours. We have to say, God, you saw this coming. I need you to work your plan, God. He's never caught off guard. God's got this. He's got a plan for what we're going through. You know that verse, without a vision, my people perish. One translation says, without contemplation, people cast off restraints. If we don't think something through with a spiritual mind, we're going to cast off restraints. If we don't think this through, we're not going to see it through. Oh, hear me carefully. If we don't say, God, you've got this and build our altars and contemplate the goodness and power of God, we're not going to see. You, You better make a decision today on the long look, on the long look. There really was in America here a man named Johnny Appleseed. His real name was John Chapman. Spent 49 years traveling through what was then the Western United States planting apple trees. Trees from which he would never personally eat. Today, 200 years later, people still eat from those same trees. He made a decision based on the long look. He recognized that what I do today can forever benefit people. And we need that same contemplation Right now. God is asking us to come to grips with the age in which we're living in. This is not a typical moment. Haman, the spirit of Haman is rising. Evil is unleashed. Restraints have been cast off. Some old ancient wickedness is running rampant in our world. What will you and I do? I say, let's get the long look about us. God is doing something in this. He is doing something for us. He is preparing his people for the awakening. When God prepares to do something. He unleashes a spirit of prayer. There's a rash of altar building taking place. Uh, It's happening now. People have started to build altars crying out to God. In fact, I'm going to go so far as to say, if you can't build an altar, meaning if you don't learn how to pray, if you can't release your grip on the material and the momentary, then you're going to find it very difficult to make it in this year and in the days to come. If you weary with the footman, walking with the footman, how are you going to run with the horses? God has declared time and time again that his word is not going to return void. No, it that his word will do the work, that he's answering prayer and doing great things. And someone needs to build altars and pray those promises of God. I, I, I want to share something with you. I, it, it has been moving on my spirit. I personally believe God, do you believe this? God is stronger than government. He's greater than the power brokers in the smoke-filled back rooms. He's stronger than majority opinion. Build an altar. Invite God into this. I'll never forget the story of Secretary of War Stanton. You may remember he was Lincoln's secretary during the Civil War after the president's assassination. Andrew Johnson asked Stanton to remain in that position. But things got heated between the two. Wasn't going well. But two men, two believers, visited Secretary of Stanton, and one of them just said on the way out the door, Mr. Secretary, people are praying for you. Stanton said one word, pause, pause. He closed the door to his office, and he said, come back in here. I'm not a professing Christian, but I believe in the power of prayer. During the war, I would lock that door, fall to my knees, and ask God for wisdom and assistance." And he fell to his knees and said, please pray, please pray. But that prayer would have never happened unless two believers had not walked into his office. Can I just tell you something? Somehow our altar has to get mobile. It's got to get mobile. I'm not asking you to go put something in fabrication to build an altar with wheels. We have an altar. That's the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that we pray in the name. That is our altar. But all of mankind, Everyone in this nation is waiting on you and me to move forward in prayer. I've wondered about something. We've seen the rioting and the protesting. We've seen, we've seen all of that. But I wonder what would happen if we showed up and we got on our knees and started praying. Do you know what's happening right now? Maricopa County, Arizona people are just surrounding, getting on their knees and praying, singing songs. Have you ever read about the sit-ins during the civil rights movements? Go to drugstores, sit at the counter, demand to be served, or simply surround a courthouse or public square, sit down, refuse to move, lock arms, sing, we shall overcome. I just wonder if it's not the time to take our private altar into the public sphere, to turn your closet of prayer inside outward and invite the whole world into your prayer meeting. Maybe to get the prayer meeting out of the churches and homes and go out to the town square and fall on your faces and begin to pray. We're not going forward in this year without that. We're not going to move without that. We can't be victorious without that. Not to make a show of our prayer, but to shine the spotlight on our great God. I don't know. I don't know if it was a dream. I don't know if it was a vision. I don't know if it's just a passing thought, a visual image, in my mind, in my imagination. But I saw entire cities shut down. Traffic snarled and stopped, horns honking and blaring, angry people shaking their fists. And then I saw the reason for it. Thousands of people seated on sidewalks and streets calling on the name of the Lord. Am I sensing something? I believe I am. I believe I'm sensing a movement A prayer movement that will start with the ones and twos. People who say we've seen enough burning, shooting, and rioting. We need to see some altar building in the town square. We need people who can pray the glories of heaven down into the public square. Is God moving on your heart? I wonder if our altars shouldn't come out of hiding. Should we boldly march into the streets declaring the mighty works of God? You were not born into this season by accident. You were made for this. You were given power and authority. I read somewhere that it will be the courts that decide this election. I agree with that, but not in the way they meant that. I don't believe it's gonna be the courts of men that decide this election. I believe the courts of heaven have something to say about this. Romans 13 and one, all power is from God. You and I, you and I to live in this age We cannot go forward without all, not into this day, not into this difficult weekend and the days ahead. We need the help of God. We need the power of God. We need God. We need God to show up as never before. I feel the presence of the Lord right now. I just feel it right now in this place, in this closing devotion at the end of the week. I'm just asking you something. Has God laid something on your heart? Uh, You don't have to call a thousand people, but maybe there's someone who will go with you. And who knows? Maybe just as surely as God drew, God drew those animals to the ark two by two at the end of the world and the end of that age. Maybe God is drawing people into this. Maybe this weekend we are going to see the magnetic power of God. I believe that God's got something for us and God's doing something in our midst. Would you take a moment? Would you, just, would you just pray? Leave your prayer requests out to the side and say, God, I know, I know that you have something amazing in this day and in this age, and I pray your blessings. Share this with one another, and let's just bind together in prayer, and may God be with you in this moment, in this season, and I know I know he's got something amazing and special for you. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this in this day and age. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.